Good morning, good afternoon, Richmond, Virginia. It's 12 noon and I'm AWOD. You're listening to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now, at 105.1 FM, it is a Wizards Wednesday, which means we'll go around the NBA with Wizards play-by-play announcer from the radio party. Dave Johnson will join us at 12.30. Uh, Interesting... Story here with the Flying Squirrels, and of course we've got to ask Parney about that. We talked a little bit about it yesterday with the city changing uh, their mind on the $25 million to VCU for Sports Backers Stadium, and I want to know how that will affect the Diamond. We're all hoping that the Squirrels will stay in town. Parney from the Flying Squirrels will join us at 1.15. We'll drive down Richmond Highway with the Czar Gary Hess at 2.15, and then we got to talk some local college hoops here. I I don't give the Spiders enough credit, but they are 4-0 in the A-10. Coach Mooney's doing an impressive job uh, this year. They've got a few really good transfers. Neil Quinn was on the team last year. He's back better than ever. And uh, they came from behind to defeat Duquesne last night. And then we've got the big in-state rivalry, the Commonwealth Cup, the Commonwealth Clash with Virginia Tech and UVA Hokies against UVA tonight. We'll be joined by the Lurch Papa, Jason Bishop, from the Sports Junkies at 2.30. But you guys know how we like to start the show every day, by catching you up on anything you might have missed around the sports world with the Sports App. Here it is, everybody. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. Whoa, are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G, 64 This one, this one. The Sports App. All right, we mentioned it. Big hoops matchup inside the state of Virginia tonight with UVA hosting Virginia Tech. Now, UVA is on a two-game losing streak. The Hokies lost their last game but are coming off of a big win over Clemson before that. And uh, you got to give a shout-out to Sean Padula. has just been playing really incredible basketball for Virginia Tech. Now, Hunter Couture missed the last two games with a head injury. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be back tonight. I doubt he's ready to play for the Hokies. So that's going to be a tough one for them to win without one of their stars in the backcourt. For UVA, we we all you know come to expect them to play great defense, but can they get enough scores uh, tonight to defeat the Hokies, who have been really scoring the ball well with three-point shooting? And that's one of the weaknesses of this UVA pack line uh, defense is they do a great job of not letting you get points in the paint, but if you have some hot shooters from the outside, you know that's how UVA struggled in times this season, especially in their game against Wake Forest. We mentioned the Spiders, University of Richmond defeating Duquesne. Really good comeback win. Uh, they are now 4-0 and in the A-10. It was Neil Quinn, 16 points and 8 rebounds that led the Spiders to come from behind to defeat Duquesne, 63-61. to Dayton stays hot in the A-10. They defeat St. Louis, 70-65. to They're now number 21 in the country and also 4-0 in the A-10. VCU will host St. Louis. That game is on Friday and can be heard right here on 910 The Fan. Let's move over to the NHL on the Sports app. Every day on the Sports app, we track Alex Ovechkin's Hunt for history, and the Caps faced off yesterday against the Ducks. Ovi did not play, still injured with that lower 
leg injury, still sitting at 64 goals to tie Wayne Gretzky. Needs 65 to become the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL, sitting right now at 830 career goals. But the Caps got a 2 to nothing victory thanks to the Bear, Ethan Bear. Here's the call on WJFK. And we'll now leave it for Jensen, who will glide up the right side, into the circle, shooting, rebound, Bear in front, he scores! Ethan Bear into a vacated net! Yes, Chef! Thank you, Chef! It's one nothing, Washington! That's such an epic call! I love that! If you haven't watched the Bear on FX, you are missing out. Ethan Bear scores the game winner for the Caps. Over to the NBA on the Sports app. It was a battle of MVPs last night. Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets going head-to-head with Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers. And last night, it was Embiid outdueling Jokic, putting up 41 points, including this three as the Sixers win 126-121. to Here's the call on 97.5, the Fanatic. Pay it off with a score with five minutes to go. Up five. This would be huge. Embiid beyond the arc with Jokic on him. Jab step. Jumpers for three. And it's good. Embiid pours in a triple. And the Sixers go up by five. Embiid was just too good last night as the Sixers outduel the Nuggets. Suns and Kings. Kings, one of the youngest teams in basketball, having another incredible season. Uh, thanks to their backcourt and dominant play from DeMontis Sabonis down low. They held a 22-point fourth-quarter lead. The Suns ended the game, though, on a 23-4 run to complete the comeback and win 119-117. Wasn't Kevin Durant's 27? It wasn't Bradley Beal's 13 or Devin Booker's 16. It was Grayson Allen, 29 points, 9 of 14 from three-point range to help the Suns complete the comeback. Eric Gordon off the bench for three. The Suns hit 45% from three-point range. They come back to win 119 to 117. Here's Eric Gordon pulling up from deep on KMVP. He gets to ask Durant, right corner, it's Gordon, wide open three, he got it, and we're tied at 115. The Suns have come all the way back from down 22. That comeback is another reason why I don't really enjoy watching the NBA this year. There's just no defense. You should not be able to come from behind down 22 in the fourth quarter. Clippers and Thunder. Thunder have been incredible this season. SGA has been better than Luka Doncic. Chet Holmgren has been better than Victor Wembanyama. The problem last night was PG-13. Paul George going off for a season-high 38 in the Clips win over the Thunder. Here's the call on 570 AM in L.A. Bounce pass, up the zipper of the defense. Kicks it, George, right wing, a three. Nylon! Clippers lead, 126-117. He's unconscious! We'll continue our NBA discussion on a Wizards Wednesday with Dave Johnson at 12.30. Got to ask him about Denny Abdia playing the best ball of his NBA career. And the Kyle Kuzma trade rumors we've seen Possibly two first-round picks for Kyle Kuzma, as the Raptors might get three first-round picks for their small forward, Pascal Siakam. Let's move over to the Australian Open. Talk a little tennis here on the Sports app. As 
Three of the four Americans I was watching yesterday got the win. Uh, Taylor Fritz advances. Ben Shelton advances. Sebastian Corda advances. Francis Tiafo, 17th ranked American from the DMV, falls in three straight sets to Thomas Mahak. That is 6-4-6-4-7-6. Down goes Tiafo. Novak Djokovic advances in four sets. Dropped a set to Alexa Poprin and deals with a heckler but does advance. He said after his 6-3-4-6-7-6-6-3 win, there are a lot of things being told to me on the court, particularly from that corner. He said, I was tolerating it for most of the match. At one point, I had enough, and I asked him whether he wants to come down and say it to my face. Djokovic says, unfortunately for him, he didn't have the courage to come down. I was asking the heckler, if you have the courage, if you're such a tough man, a tough guy, come down and tell it to my face. Djokovic always in the middle of a controversy. Um, So we will have some pretty good tennis matches tonight. 14th ranked American Tommy Paul plays against Britt Jack Draper. And then the second ranked player in the tournament, Carlos Alcaraz, the young Spaniard becoming a legend in tennis, plays later tonight. Of course, I love the Australian Open because coverage starts around 7 p.m. and goes all the way until about 4 a.m. In fact, I woke up this morning and Tsitsipas was still in the middle of his match. He would go on to win in four sets against Jordan Thompson. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. That's 833-804-0910. Is a football savant keeping his team in the playoffs? We'll discuss that story next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Always available on the go with the free Odyssey app. Download it today and just search 910 The Fan to hear us Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. It's the best app out there for music, play-by-play, and of course the best damn sports talk here in town. It gives you the ability to pause the show, run some errands, pick up your kids, rewind, and then pick up... Right where you left off, and we mentioned it last segment, one NFL quarterback has been overlooked his entire professional career. And we wanted to revisit a story from week one about an NFL football savant. Now, Stubb, he's not the biggest guy. He's not the fastest guy. He may actually be, though, one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. And he came into what most people view this season as an impossible situation. And he's done nothing but work hard to achieve success, and today, we give him his flowers. As his team will hit the road and try to win an NFL divisional round playoff game. Stubb, which quarterback am I talking about? Oh, okay. I, I, they're, if they're on the road, that eliminates, you know, four teams. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I know that. You can do that. some math, yeah. I know that. I can do that. So it's down to love. That's one option. You think I'm talking about love as a football savant? I don't think you're savant. thinking about love as a football savant. All right. Uh, the other options are... C.J. Stroud, who I don't think you're talking about. C.J. Stroud don't like rookie quarterbacks. I'll give him his credit, but I I do not like rookie QBs. I'm hesitant on Baker Mayfield. Okay. And then the other one would be Mahomes. So I'm going to say Baker Mayfield. NFL football savant. Baker Mayfield. This is the lead story here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup. Every head coach on the hot seat. The hit stories in the NFL. 
NFL hits on AWOD Radio. Well, I could be wrong with this opinion, but to me, we're not giving Baker Mayfield enough credit. An impossible situation. You come in to replace the GOAT, Tom yeah. Brady. <laughs> a lot of people viewed the Bucks as a transition team this year. It was probably going to bottom out and then restart by drafting a quarterback next year. Baker just came in here and did his thing. And we're going to revisit a story that I read week one. Talked about it on these airwaves right here. Baker Mayfield didn't start the season too hot week one. In fact, he opened 3 of 11 for 12 yards. But he finished the game strong. 18 to 23. 161 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. So how did things change so drastically, I ask you? Well, according to Bucks star linebacker Devon White... Baker came into the locker room at halftime and had some interesting things to say. Oh. Baker said, quote, or excuse me, Bucks linebacker Devin White said that Baker came into the locker room and said, quote, I just remember Bake came into the locker room literally at halftime and said, I got it. We got all their signals. We're in there <laughs> talking as an offense, and he's like, I know all these signals. If they do this, they're going into cover two. If they do this, they're going into cover three. Every time I alert this, and they do this signal. They're dropping back like this. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I was just listening to him. And we were listening to him. And we all just kind of understood what he was talking about. And then Baker came out in the second half. And like I said, was 18 of 23 for 161 yards and two touchdowns. The bottom line is Baker Mayfield is a football savant. He knew what the Vikings were going to do based on their signals. And it's, it's brilliant, right? And now look. It wasn't a great offensive performance from start to finish, but he was able to adjust, and that's what good quarterbacks do, is the Buccaneers would go on to defeat the Vikings week one, 20-17. A really strong debut for Baker. And the article that I read on ESPN said, the grit Baker Mayfield showed Tampa Bay down the stretch in his debut sure outweighed the rough start. Mayfield said it himself, it wasn't our prettiest effort by any means, but we finished the right way. Todd Bowles, the head coach, for the Bucks said Baker's gutsy. He's tough. The guys stayed behind him. Of course, Baker was the first overall pick in 2018, so we know that he has superstar potential, but everybody remembers it going south there for him in Cleveland with the Browns. Mayfield said it just comes with playing the quarterback position for a long time. The most important play is the next one. And uh, I just think Baker deserves so much credit because I went through the Bucks schedule this year. And they really have an impressive record at 9-8 and eight because last year they were division champions. And so they're playing a first-place schedule. And when you look at their losses, to me, they have no bad losses. Yeah, they don't have that many wins, nine wins, but it was enough to win the division. They lost to Detroit. They lost at Houston. They lost at Buffalo. They lost at San Francisco. Their losses are good losses. This is a good Bucks team from start to finish this season. They, the Texas beat them in a shootout, 37-39. to Both teams are playing in the second week of the NFL playoffs. So maybe we were all sleeping on the Bucks because of how much credit we gave to Tom Brady. But make, Baker Mayfield deserves his flowers. He has been incredible this season. I, I think uh, it, there's been a bit of luck to their, uh, to their part in terms of the playoffs here. Mm-hmm. Having a 9-8 record, yeah, they're in the worst division in the league. That helps with some wins. First round is against the Eagles. They gave the worst playoff performance of any team by far. Correct. Um, but I- it's all about playing your best football in the later stretch of the season. And this is a Bucks team here that, when they needed it most, went on a four-game win streak. 
Then they dropped a crucial game to the Saints, bounced back and closed out their season with a win against the Panthers. This is not a team that I think can win the Super Bowl, but I think that they can really give the Lions fits this weekend. I mean, this is a solid offense with some playmakers on both sides of the ball, right? So Baker Mayfield's been playing really good this year. Oh, yeah, Mike Edwards and Chris Godwin are both like Pro Bowl receivers. They, they're Pro Bowl receivers. Uh, then you've got Rashad White as an up-and-coming running back. Their defense, Vita Vea, is the reason they stopped the tush push. Their, their defense is incredible. He's one that of the is... best D tackles in the league. Oh, yeah, at linebacker, Devin White, Levanta David. I, I mean, this is a, Ryan Neal, Antoine Winfield at safety. This is a team that has a ton of talent. There's a reason that Tom Brady chose the Bucks a few years ago. That, There's a reason that he thought about coming back from retirement because he looked around and saw how much talent was on this roster here. Yeah, and I, I think offensively, I know they put up 35 points, but there was a lot of bad drops from the Bucks in that Eagles game. But, hey, they're, they're a top eight team if you look at it like that. They're, they're in the yeah. final eight. And look, this is Baker Mayfield this season. 4,044 yards, 28 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. I mean, I would kill for a quarterback like that. Yeah, that's better than Sam. That's a lot better than <laughs> Sam Howell. I mean, that's that's really good numbers. That's top five in the NFC numbers, right? That's, I mean, look, they, everybody kind of joked about Baker Mayfield, all right? He was the biggest joke in football. And I think a lot of that's because he reminded people of Johnny Football, right? Great college quarterback, goes to Cleveland, doesn't turn in anything. Great college quarterback, goes to Cleveland. Now, he had a bit of success in Cleveland, and then they got rid of him and didn't want him anymore. You think Cleveland would still be in the playoffs with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback over Joe Flacco? I think there's a chance they win that game. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that was a big C.J. Stroud thing. Well, I guess yeah. Flacco did pretty but bad also, at the end. But also, you know, Cleveland gave up a lot to the Texans to get to Sean Watson, who didn't even start in the playoff game for them. So it just looks like Cleveland dropped the ball at yeah. the quarterback position. They could have had Baker and all of those draft picks. And uh, we talked about this yesterday. I thought it was a really cool quote from Sean McVay when he said when he signed Baker for those three games last year, just go out there and be yourself and have fun. And he kind of like reinvented himself as a quarterback, got some confidence again with the Rams, and has been locked in this season with the Bucks. I know everybody's talking about, Oh, they're just 9-8. and eight. But like I said, they did not have many bad losses, if any. You know, uh, the only bad losses I would point to is Falcons and Saints. That's in their division. You're yeah, not going to win every game, game in your division. Those are rivalry games. So um, I think people are sleeping on the Bucks' chances to go to Detroit and get a win this weekend. I What I heard most from the commentators that game is they kept bringing up his rib and ankle injury. They, and I think they were really downplaying him. As, and he got some scrambles. He yeah. got some yardage on his feet. Oh yeah, he's and, uh, he's uh, you know he's light on his feet. Yeah, they made it seem like he was made of glass. Like right. If he was going to get hit too hard, he was going to just fall and, right. and end the game. But yeah, he didn't. It's weird the the hate that Baker Mayfield gets, but I mean the way he's been playing, uh, he's it's been impressive. And yeah, I wouldn't be you know completely blown away if the Bucks went to Detroit and got a win. I think I would at this point, uh, but anything can happen in this playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I might even pick really? Baker to win this game here. Yeah. I think I think Lions are my four for the confidence pool. Yeah, uh, a lot of people are confident in the Lions. They they didn't look great in the second half. 
They, no. they they won that game because Ben Johnson called an incredible first half. Right? They yeah. went on hard play action. Guys were wide open uh, all around the field. And they might get Sam Laporta back, but they're going to have to be more impressive in the second half if they're going to beat this Bucks team this weekend. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. You guys know on Wednesdays we love to go around the NBA, and it was just announced that the Warriors game against the Utah Jazz will be postponed as one of the assistant coaches uh, was just hospitalized. So uh, sad story there. We're going to follow that uh, as we get more information on it, but uh, there are some decent NBA games going on tonight. The T Wolves have been a fun team to watch. Uh, I've been keeping up with Paolo Banchero and the Orlando Magic, and uh, the Wizards will be back in action tomorrow. But joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline for a Wizards Wednesday is Dave Johnson. What's going on, Dave? Hey, listen, I, I never miss a, a Wizards Wednesday. As you mentioned, though, we are traveling. In fact, I'm, I'm dashing to the airport so I can catch the plane, and we can get up to New York and, and play the uh, Knicks tomorrow night. So it's uh, it, it, last week I was talking to you from Indianapolis. I know we're supposed to play the same amount of road games as home games, but it seems like we're always on the road. But uh, it's it's great to be with you. And you know, you mentioned uh, a couple of teams, and that's you know where the Wizards want to be. They want to be. Yeah, you know, I remember the when the Timberwolves were struggling, and and you looked at yeah, they had high draft picks and. You know, where is this going? Or believe me, as I went to Orlando, this is a magic team uh, that, you know, 10 years ago or whatever was begging Dwight Howard to stay in town, and they really thought uh, they were on the crest of an NBA title with, with Dwight Howard, and, and that didn't happen, and he didn't stay in town. Uh, but now they're a team on the rise. And, and so, you know, that's, that's where the Wizards are trying to get. But as Orlando and Minnesota will testify, uh, unlike the NFL or other sports, uh, you've, you've got to go through some lumps, and that's that's what we're doing right now. Uh, lumps in the win column, uh, but uh, again, it's it's been a season where you're saying, "Wow, I, I like what Denny Abdi is doing. I like what uh, Bilal Koulibaly. He's 19 years old. Wait till he's 20." Uh, and that's that's the fun part for us. Dave, can you un- help me understand this new rule in the NBA, the 65 game rule? Because like last night we had. Battle of MVPs, Embiid outdueled Nikola Jokic, but I was reading that Embiid might be at risk to not win the MVP award because he's already missed 10 games, and that if you don't play at least 65 games to curb load management, you have to, like, file a grievance. Do you know about this? Yeah. You know, there's I, I, I don't I don't want to comment on the particulars. I'm aware of what you're talking about, but um, to be honest, I haven't heavily focused on it, but um, I, I, you know, I will say this, you know, this load management and, um, I, you know, it, it just, it relatively is new. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, there's been cases, you know, years ago when the, uh, I remember Popovich, Greg Popovich with San Antonio arrested some players on a national TV game. And I think he got fined or, or, or something. And, and, you know, the NBA is, you know, rightfully so saying, well, wait a minute here, you know, we got these television partners they're paying uh, a lot of money to for your players salaries your salary and uh, you know now they're not getting to see the um, marquee players so 
um, you know, our coach is, is Wes Unsell Jr., and, and I all I can think about is is uh, if, if I ever mentioned uh, load management to his father, who played most of his <laughs> career on one leg, he'd probably he'd probably throw me through the roof. So, <laughs> I, and I'm not saying it's a it's a bad thing. It, it's you know we've adjusted the the schedule. I mean, I, I certainly I can I can say there's not as many back to backs. Yeah. Uh, as like when I used to, when I started in the, the NBA, you know, 20 some years ago, 27 years ago, uh, and back to backs are tough and, and they're tough on just me, forget elite athletes. So, you know, you do see situations where, um, you know, you get wins and maybe the fact that the schedule played a role in it. And look, that works both ways. We've had Wizards losses this season where you thought, well, wait a minute, we're going to win this game because we, we won the last game, uh, you know, and I get it, we haven't won many games, but we've been in that situation where you're, you're feeling pretty good and you come up short, but it works the other way. We were in Atlanta Saturday night, and I don't want to take any credit away from the Wizards because they absolutely played their most complete ball game of the year, including Denny Obvious showing he can defend Trey Young. But having said that, the, the Hawks played the night before, and we didn't. So we, we probably had an advantage. So... Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting world with load management and schedules and, and the whole bit. But uh, yeah. it'd be hard to see and be not. Uh, he is a, you know, again, that's what I think with, with the big guys like Embiid, you have to appreciate that, that they're not just good because they're big. There's a lot of big people in the world, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, but not all of them are as skilled as that is, as he is. You mentioned Trey Young. We, we've seen his name floated in trade rumors. Same with DeJounte Murray of the Hawks. I, I've seen Pascal Siakam uh, floated around in a lot of trade rumors. Kyle Kuzma had 29 against Atlanta, 21 against Detroit. He's averaging 22.4, 6.3 rebounds, 4.2 assists. Could you make the case for me, Dave, for why the Wizards should hold on to Kyle Kuzma, even if people are asking for him in a trade? Well, you know, to be honest, I I I, I can't make the case. I, I believe that. Look, as you as you, I I believe he is a part of the Wizards' uh, long term future. Uh, but I also know that that you know, at this stage, when you're you're looking to become like the teams we mentioned at the start of this conversation, Orlando, San, uh, uh, well, like a San Antonio eventually. Uh, Minnesota, et cetera, uh, you, you know, there's there's nothing necessarily off the table. Uh, but it's it's got to be a, a special situation because you, you don't want to be um, like Atlanta. You mentioned Trey Young. Uh, they bring in Quinn Snyder as a head coach. And believe me, this is an Atlanta team. When you get to a position where you're poised and says, all right, we got a Trey Young, a guy who can put up 40 points and 10 assists and We've surrounded them, and, and wait a minute, we're well well below 500. And as I was just in Atlanta, that's that's a tough situation. Or Detroit, who we just played, uh, and obviously frustrating, we lost. But but the point being is is uh, uh, Detroit. This is like the third year of their rebuild, and they this was supposed to be the year that that they took off. So what I'm saying is, it's it. I, I can't you know, answer that without knowing what the other side of the equation is. But I think Kyle Kuzma, and you need a player that's a leader, that's an in, integral to to your growth and, and rebuild, and, and I think 
in my opinion, he is that. So I don't see him being traded, but that's just my opinion. That doesn't mean he won't be. Yeah, I'd like to see Kuzma on the roster for a while, too. I just I wonder if you get an offer like multiple first-round picks, uh, if you have to do that for the betterment of the future. Denny Avdia, last 10 games, almost 16 points per game, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, been so impressive. But what sticks out to me is 46% from the three-point line. I mean, That's always been something where he's struggled with consistency. Really playing some good basketball right now is Denny Avdia. Well, and that's that's look, that's what he worked on. That's what he worked on so much in the offseason, the three-point shot. And we said from the beginning, look, he knows how to defend and and he knows how to do so many things. Uh, uh, but if he gets the three-point shot in this NBA, which has to be a part of your arsenal, uh, look out. And and it, it's coming on a consistent basis. Um, you know, Denny Avdia. I'll, I'll go back to. You know, when he was drafted, and, and the ESPN analyst said at the time that eventually he may be looked back on as, as the steal uh, of the draft. And, and see, this is also, as you're putting together uh, a basketball team that, that um, uh, is different, I think, than, than other sports, uh, because you're not going to necessarily have the finished product. And in fact, let me rephrase that. It, you basically just don't have the finished product in a player in the first year. And that's why, you know, I believe Kyle Kuz is part of the, the Wizards' future. Having said that, on the flip side, when, when we saw Mike Mascala and Danilo Gallinari on the, the Wizards roster, look, two great players, but they're two veterans. And you're thinking, and I'm thinking, and everybody's thinking, at some point, you know, somebody's uh, like a team, and I thought, quite frankly, a team trying to make a run for the playoffs would, would go for one of those guys. Instead, Detroit made the, the deal uh, because uh, of expiring contracts. And then on the flip side, the Wizards get a player, that, Marvin Bagley. I mean, he was all-rookie team his first year. He's, he's only 24 years old. Yeah. In other words, he's not blossomed to the point maybe people thought he would by this point, but, but it doesn't mean it's over for him. Uh, or Isaiah Livers. Uh, maybe Washington. This is a league about fit and opportunity. <clears throat> And maybe Washington will be the right fit. And suddenly, just like Kyle Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma goes from a role player with the L.A. Lakers to an all-star, as you said, numbers uh, with the Wizards. And, look, the most glaring example, as you know, we had Ben Wallace mm-hmm. with, with the Wizards. Loved Ben Wallace. Made a good friend of mine. I, I made because, you know what, he was, he was this guy just trying to make his way in the league. Um, and but I didn't see Hall of Famer uh, Ben Wallace. He goes to Orlando. Orlando doesn't see future Hall of Famer. He goes to Detroit. He's and I still remember watching him in his Hall of Fame speech saying, and, and, and of course he's a Virginia guy, so a uh, Virginia listeners. And you're thinking, wow, what a story. Well, the story's two parts. One part, Ben Wallace's hard work, uh, and the other part, he had the opportunity. In uh, in Detroit, when do you think Marvin Bagley will put on a Wizards uniform first and, and step onto the court? I literally, uh, you know, it could be tomorrow against the Knicks. So I literally, as I said, I'm on the way to the airport. The team had a workout this morning, so I'm still waiting to to get the the word on on what how the workout uh, went. It's been kind of a a scramble here this morning, as we know we had, uh, as you probably know, and you probably did down there in Richmond, we had a, a dusting of snow and ice 
here in Washington, so it's a, a wonder that the city uh, is not paralyzed. But uh, <laughs> but we're moving and, and we're making it happen. So, uh, but I, you know, he's going to help because the Wizards would have a lot more wins this season uh, if they had won rebounding battles. Yeah, and and not given up so many second chance points. When I say a lot more wins, I don't mean playoff contender, but. Uh, you can, if somebody wants to kill an afternoon and look at the box scores and how lopsided the second chance points category has been in so many losses, and you'll look at games where you say, wait a minute, the Wizards, you know, they shot better and da-da-da, what happened? Well, it's the rebounding. And it, in fact, that was the case on Monday and I lost the Pistons. Dave, thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate it. Hi, right, man. As always, appreciate folks in Richmond and give us a listen and give us a, a tweet while you listen if you like at Dave J Sports. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. We'll talk a little UVA against Virginia Tech with Bill Roth for the Cowan Gates Hokies update. Preview that Commonwealth clash tonight. Going to be a good one from John Paul Jones Arena. We'll talk local sports in Richmond, Virginia with Gary Hess as we drive down Richmond Highway with the czar and the sports director here at WRNL at 2.15. Uh, but right now, Sporting News put, down a, put out a list of the NFL teams left in the playoffs with an NFL power rankings for the playoff stub can you guess which team is number eight who's the last place team in the playoffs right now according to sporting news would it be the packers just based on them <laughs> being the seventh seed? it is not the pack wow they say the d showed up against big d but san francisco won't be so clumsy green bay's number seven number eight is the houston texans they've got party crasher and all over them but beating baltimore at home is a tough task number six Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I mean, I think Tampa Bay could have been lower on this list, right? I mean, the, the fact is they beat probably the worst team going into yes. the playoffs. The Eagles had a great record. They were 10-1 and one and then completely collapsed. And uh, they are playing with house money now, though, I'd say. Uh, Detroit Lions are five. I'd probably put them higher than that. Uh, it says they f- they're a feel-good story, and they have confidence going to into a home game against Tampa Bay. Four? Baltimore Ravens really say should technically be higher, but they'll have their hands full with Houston. I do agree with that. It's not going to be an easy game for Baltimore because of the fact that I think Houston can score. And remember, these two teams played against each other early in the season. Baltimore won, I believe, uh, twenty-five to nine. But C.J. Stroud was r- a rookie then. Yeah. By now, yeah. he's a sophomore and yeah. going on to being a veteran because not only has he already played a playoff game, but he's won one. A lot of quarterbacks in this league can't even say they've played a playoff game. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you got to give it to them. Uh, number three, the Buffalo Bills. They've gotten hot at the perfect time. I probably would put Buffalo at number two based on how hot they are right now. And they're at home. Yeah, you were about to say that the Chiefs are one or two, and yeah. I'm going to disagree with that. Chiefs are two because apparently they've got the defense and the experience. They definitely have the experience. Not sure if I can trust their defense here. To yeah. go on the road against Buffalo? Or their receivers. Like, yeah. I, they have right, a, that's, that's the difficult thing. Even it, Travis Kelsey was dropping passes. Yeah, he's not been doing great. Like, like they won because the Dolphins can't play in the cold to save their lives. Like, right. that wasn't a real football game. Yeah. I just... Number one, though, having two MVP candidates certainly isn't a bad thing. Speaking of Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey, are the 49ers your favorite to win the Super Bowl right it's now? the Ravens. It's the Ravens for it's you. It's still the Ravens. So, for uh, the odds at FanDuel... 
The Niners have the best odds, plus 175. Ravens are second best, plus 290. Then Bills third, Chiefs fourth, Lions fifth, Tampa Bay and Green Bay tied, then Houston last. Lions are my upset pick to make the Super Bowl here. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it opens up for them with a home game against Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. and then you know you might not be going against the Niners. There's Probably, a chance. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, guess there is a there chance. There's a chance. And uh, I, I think that they could beat the Packers. I think I don't think it's going to be Niners Ravens. I don't see a one seed, one seed, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be the Ravens. So I think I think there's going to be an upset on the Niners end. Yeah, no, it's a good point. You know what's uh, interesting to me is the hot term right now in the NFL, especially this week, is GM, right? How much yeah. a GM <laughs> can impact a team. That's the hot word this week. Washington hired one. Several teams fired theirs. You know, there, there's articles all across um, all of the major sports platforms about how a GM can impact your team and the importance of the GM position. And <clears throat> this one article I read last night, very eye-opening. They say, Jordan Love's incredible rise validates a once-shocking move by the Packers. And GM Brian Gutkunst, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, Gutkunst, uh, G-U-T-E-K-U-N-S-T, very confusing last name. We'll call him Brian G, Big G for the Packers. All right, so listen to what a lot of people said after the Packers drafted Jordan Love. They said, this is a stupid pick. Massive miscalculation. What a waste. Unbelievably terrible selection. You're a bum, said several Packers fans. And those were some of the nicest things said about the general manager for the Green Bay Packers and his decision to draft Jordan Love in the first round of the 2020 NFL Draft. Now, look back, and it looks like a genius for this pick. Love was near perfect in his playoff debut, throwing three touchdowns and 272 yards, defeating the Dallas Cowboys. And here's the thing, is my take is I hated the pick. I clowned it. I really did. I said, you know what I said? I said, you have freaking Aaron Rodgers. You have a Rodge, and you didn't want to draft a couple wide receivers, some help at tight end, more offensive linemen. You went with a backup quarterback? What are you thinking? And here they are. I said... You've got the man. You've got a future Hall of Famer. Why don't you give him some help and try to win now? But that's not what the Packers do, right? Um, Andrew Brandt of NFL Network said it. He says the Packer way for so long has been very simple. They don't ever go away from it. The Packer way is draft and develop. No quick fixes. Trust your scouting. Coaches being unafraid to play young players. Sign core players to early extensions. And the most important one, draft a quarterback before you need one. And that's what they did, right? I mean, the Packers had no plans to play Jordan Love right away or even the following season. The Utah State quarterback was young, was raw, was inexperienced, but you know what? They let him develop under head coach Matt LaFleur and learn from Aaron Rodgers. GM for the Packers, Brian, what are we going with here? Gutenkutz. Gutenkutz, all right, I like that. He said of Jordan Love when they drafted him, he's a very natural thrower, can make all the throws. He's a very good athlete. He has the kind of size we look for. I just think there's some rawness to him, but I just think he's got everything in front of him. And you know what? We really like the guy. It sounds like Roaring Kitty. For me, I like the stock. For Brian Gutenkrust, he liked Jordan Love. And, man, things really started clicking for Jordan Love in November. He's... 
uh, been so good since then. 24 touchdowns, two or more in the last 11 games. Quarterback rating of 108 and, or better. And he completely outdueled Dak Prescott over the weekend. Just completely. Like, he made some throws, especially the one off of his back foot, that looked like Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. Right? And here's another thing. This is a great article here uh, if you want to check it out um, on Brian Gutenkust. Dobbs, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, all right, each have eight touchdowns uh, in the second half of the season. Christian Watson has five. UVA product Dontavian Wicks has four. Tight end Tucker Craft has two. And Luke Musgrave has one. They've all contributed. Well, guess what? They were all drafted by the GM in the last two years. That's what a good GM can yeah, do. That's... You draft a quarterback before you need one. You let him have time to develop. That's what Kansas City did with Patrick Mahomes, letting him sit behind Alex Smith for a year. A good GM can completely change your organization, and you know what? Washington has not had one since 1999. Stubb, you were a figment of your parents' imagination back then. <laughs> sure was. What year were you born? 2000. 2000. Yeah. In your entire lifetime, Washington has had a bunch of buffoons yep. drafting players. <laughs> yep. And we wonder why we've had no All-Pros and we're still searching for a gosh-darn franchise quarterback! Well, I mean, I guess Sam Howell did sit for a year. He did sit for he a did. year. You know what? He probably should have sat for two. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and I, I realize now, if, if the Packers get the upset, and it could be Packers-Lions, and it, it could be, be Thanksgiving all over again. Yeah, that's a good point. They could, <laughs> the Packers could go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, look, you want to talk about peaking at the right time, I yeah. think you'd point to the Buffalo Bills and the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a story that Brian would be. Brian Gutenkust. Unbelievable. I mean, that's the kind of football savant right there. Yeah, I mean, do you, you see, you probably weren't following football as much in 2020, but so many people clowned him for the draft pick of Jordan Love. And they continue to clown him as Aaron Rodgers played the following year. And then they trade Aaron Rodgers and everyone says, Jordan Love's not ready. And for half the season, he didn't look ready. Yeah. But then things started clicking. Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. God. That's a great point. Wow. Thanksgiving is the turning point yeah, for the Green Bay Packers. You know what? I might be picking the Pack and the Bucks. <laughs> I might be going all upsets this weekend. I'm fired up. And you were clowning me for love and love. Yeah. Just about five, six weeks ago. You, you showed a lot of love for love before love for anybody love. else showed love for him. He has a he has a certain spot a, in your heart. Yeah. I had to move on from from my 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 Dobbs. Yep. Josh Dobbs. Where is he oh, at these God. days? What is he, is he doing? Is he in space? <laughs> is he studying to be an astronaut again? If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. You've just heard what a good GM can do for an organization. Washington got their guy in Adam Peters. The Richmond Commander, coming up next.